0: Holy Spirit, I need Thee. Let's just lift our hands to Him and say, Lord, oh, this is my cry. Come, sweet, sweet Spirit. Spirit I, pray, I, pray. I pray. Come in Thy strength, Lord. Won't You come in, in Thy strength,
1: Us tonight, amen. amen, isn't he wonderful to us, yeah. amen, thank you brother Andrew for the warm introduction and amen, we greet you all in the name of the Lord, I bring greetings from brother Brad Burgess back home where we go to church in Louisville, Kentucky and he sends his greetings to brother uh, Ed and also brother Hildebrand, where's brother Hildebrand, there he is, I like to keep him where I can see the elders, <laughs> Amen. I appreciate Brother Hildebrand and his wife. I was 15 years old when I thoroughly dedicated my heart to the Lord, and Brother Hildebrand was an influence in that. He preached that night at a youth camp, and so he has a big place in my heart. There's, you have these anchors in your life, and you they kind of guide you. And so I'm thankful for Brother Hildebrand, and we just bring greetings to you. My wife was going to sing, but maybe we'll wait till Sunday on that, if that's okay, sweetheart. Um, if you have your Bibles, let's go right to the Word of God. <clears throat> good to see Brother Sig. God bless you, my friend, there. And I think it's always granddaughter over here. It's good to see so many of our friends that we know, some that we don't know. Uh, amen. If, if, if I haven't met you, God bless you. We'll, amen. We're still family. If you're born of Christ, amen, we're born of the Spirit of God. It makes us brothers and sisters. Amen. I hear you all got unmasked the other day. <clears throat> it's been about two weeks our our pastor they were doing all that thing and he said you know whatever they got to do he said you're not muzzling me he said the bible says muzzle not the ox (laughs) he said i'm the burden bearer you're not gonna muzzle me so amen we came through an interesting time if the lord tarries 50 years people will be talking about 2020 and what we came through in a pandemic but uh amen If you have your Bibles, uh, I want to read over in Exodus chapter 3 and uh, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. Amen. Let's just bow our heads and talk to the Lord for just a moment. Heavenly Father, we just bow our heads to you. And as our brother Andrew said, Lord, much time has went into preparation for this meeting tonight, a young people's meeting and hours of studying and prayer and travel, Lord, and planning Lord and now we have come to this time where we open your word Father Lord you said redeem the time and pray God as we're here for just a few moments I pray God that you would speak to each one of our hearts the young people the older people Lord I pray that you would help us and bless us and strengthen us Father we ask in Jesus name Amen Amen. praise the Lord Exodus chapter 3 verse 1 Uh, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro his father-in-law the priest of Midia, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even unto Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And, the, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham and the God of Jacob, Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Amen. May God add his blessing to the word. You may be seated. I want to take a little thought tonight. When God calls your name. When God calls your name. I was thinking about this and just meditating on it uh, here the other day. I was reading through this chapter and began to think about it. When God calls your name. You know, I've been in sales for a number of years, and they say that the person's name is the sweetest thing sound to their ears, is to hear their name. And uh, you know, when somebody calls your name, it, it means something to you. You know, but in this room, if we were to ask people, we'd probably find people that have the same name. If we were to go through and ask if we have Brother John, and maybe there's a Mark, or Peter, or Paul, you might find somebody that has the name. So a name is something more than maybe the name that your mother or father gave to you. It's an identification and it identifies who you are. So we might have another John in the crowd today. But if I said the young man who has a red hair and a red beard, <laughs> you know, it would really narrow it down to, to our brother. I've got a son, William. He's got red hair and a red beard as well. So we like redheads. <laughs> I think it's 1%, you know, of the redheads. And God has those genes, and they come out, and they come out in in a person's life. I believe that's like predestination. It might lay recessive for a little while, but then it comes up, and then there it is. And so as I begin to think about this, your identification, each one of us have an identification, and and it really names you. So if I was to... um, to call your name, there might be someone else with that name, but when God starts calling your identification, you know exactly who God's speaking to, and God has a way of coming to your aisle and speaking to each one of you, and you know exactly that God is speaking to you. Can you say amen to that? As I begin to meditate on this thought, when God calls your name, I thought about the life of Moses, and I thought about kind of the history. We don't have time to go through the chapters and read it all, but he was raised in a Hebrew environment by believing parents. He had parents that believed in, in Jehovah God. He was taught of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If we were bring it down today, he was raised in a message home, and he was, how we could say he was taught that it was wrong to kill babies. He was taught, uh, you know, uh, if we would say today, he was taught by godly parents who taught him that marriage was defined between a man and a woman. I, I hope everybody's with me today. He was taught in a godly home, because if you are a godly parent, according to the scriptures, Jesus was the one that defined marriage. He said, therefore shall a, f- a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one. How many are with me today? Amen. This is our Bible. This is what we live by, the Word of God. Now our culture is changing, and they're redefining, and they're changing, and people can self-define whatever they, they want to say they are, but when God says you're something, that's what, you're, that's what you are. Amen. I don't know if we can go down this road, but hey, let's go down this road, okay? You believe in a Spirit-led church? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now I've studied some notes, but we will go wherever the Holy Spirit wants us to go. So when the culture begins to change and say, we will define marriages between a man and a man, or between a woman and a woman, that's what they can define it. But God defined marriage. God was the creator of it. And I can tell you what, when something goes wrong with something that was invented, you go back to the creator and say, what is going wrong with this? And he says, look, you, 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 you messed up my, my uh, this, this thing called marriage. I'd like to preach a whole sermon on that. But, <laughs> but God defined marriage between a man and a woman. In the beginning, God created Adam and Eve. It wasn't Adam and Steve. We might as well just stop there as young people, as older people, and, and know that it's the way of death. There is no life in those in a, in a union between a man and a man and a woman and a woman. And God told Adam and Eve, go forth and multiply and replenish the earth. So what Satan tries to introduce, it looks good, but it's the way of death. It's the way of extinction. I think Elon Musk, one of the richest men in the world, says we, we are, our society is threatened because people are so selfish they refuse to have children. I think he did his part. I forget. He's got six or eight children or something like that. That's a whole other subject. (laughs) But now this man, Moses, he was raised in a godly home. We could say he was raised in the message of the hour. He was raised in the message of his hour. He was taught that my people shall dwell in Egypt for 400 years and they'll be brought out with a mighty hand. He knew the promises that went to Abraham. He he, He was taught by his mother even that he was the deliverer. You're the deliverer, Moses. You're the one. And when my daddy and I prayed, you listen to the message teaching on Moses. And Brother Branham tells about it. Do you only believe in the message of William Branham? How many raise your hand? Do you believe that? I believe the ministers do. I saw pictures back in their office. We get down to the place. Some people are afraid to mention the name William Branham. I don't want to be ashamed of that name. And man, Jesus Christ wasn't afraid to come down and have his picture taken with that ministry. I'm not going to be ashamed of it either, so I'll go ahead and quote it if you all are okay with that. So I might not read you all the quotes, but I'll quote the message. You go listen to the message, okay? Because by now, if we're listening to the message, we should have become the message. We should have become, when you take ingredients and you mix uh, flour and, 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 and eggs and... And, and these different things, I don't know how to make bread, okay? I, these ingredients. I got married so I wouldn't have to know how to make bread. But you mix it all together and you have bread. You can't go back and pull the eggs and the flour out because it's all mixed together. And God is creating a bride. Amen. And here a little, there a little, line upon line, verse upon verse, church service upon church service. And Christ is building a body of Jesus Christ. I believe it. You say, Brother Daniel, how do I get into it? There's only one way to get into it, and that's by one spirit. Are we all baptized into one body, Brother Clark? Amen. It's not by learning the message. It's not by seniority. It's by the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen. I think sometimes it's gotten distant from our church, but I, I was talking to somebody. The pendulum swung this way, but it's swinging back in the right direction now. There's a people that believe we need the Spirit of God to lead the church. To speak to the church. Yeah. You don't think those people in Ukraine, those believers over there are praying and seeking God. And Lord, lead us and guide us. And they maybe don't have communication of man, but we need the communication of the Holy Spirit. Or yeah. well, if we can get in one spirit. Amen. Let us walk in the spirit. Praise the Lord. So I was thinking about this man. He was raised uh, in a message home and the message for his hour. If we would bring it today, he was taught to go to church. <laughs> Where do you get all this stuff, Brother Daniel? We get it from the Bible. We get it from the Bible. People are this cancel culture uh, movement that's going Your young people. Know, they're wanting to cancel everything and cancel this and cancel that. Well, I believe the policemen are a good thing. I notice your police cars, they have them peace officers. And there's political things behind all of that. And it's, you know, you go into the, the, the ho- is it all right if I just preach right where we live? If we can't use this thing, then what good is it? If it's just Sunday and Wednesday and we put it on. No, we need to know the word of God and know how to combat the devil. Yeah. So we see these movements. The Bible says in Colossians, by him, all things consist. Christ is the word. Our society is held together by the word of God. And when we take him out, everything begins to fall apart. And all of a sudden, our construction begins to change because we don't know. We had men bathrooms, women's bathrooms, and now we got... The other, all right, you can go there. Just go in there, and every area, and it's changing the building codes and everything because by him consistent. When we take that out, it, it all gets mixed up. Yeah. Amen. It's the truth. And you, this same-sex marriage is just the beginning. If you can marry a man to a man, why can't you marry a man to a man to a woman and, and also your horse and your dog? And have them get your life insurance policy and be on your work insurance. You you laugh about it. This is just the beginning, the tip of the iceberg. The devil has more things down the road. I say, Lord, give us a sound mind. Lord, give me the, Paul said, "Let the mind that was in Christ, let it be inside of me. Don't be put to confusion. God is not the author of confusion. You can go through many things of life and wonder and wonder. And I tell you this, the devil did take you down a route of experimentation. Don't let him take you there. Say I'm a man. I, God made me a man. I'm a woman. I'm not. But if you're a woman, say I'm a woman. It's all right to smile, right? God had Jesus had a sense of humor. He said, "Go tell Herod that fox." You know, it'd be good. The Bible says that a merry heart doth good like a medicine. People get on medicines; they'd be better off sometimes you just laugh. <laughs> Woo! It does good like a medicine. Amen. Some of us need to come to church and get the joy of our salvation back. Amen. We need it. I'm going to try to get through these things here. but I've got a lot on my heart for this weekend. (laughs) Amen. Let's just come and say, Lord, will you do something special for me this week? We just got a few days till Sunday night. The Bible says redeem the time. We ought to just be looking and say, Lord, I want you to do something for me this weekend, Lord. I need it. My family needs it. My dad needs it. My mother needs it. My brother needs it. My sister needs it. We all need it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So here's Moses, he was raised, and then something happened. And we don't have time to go back and read the story. You can read it in Exodus chapter three. Something happened. And the Bible says that uh, it, it, it happened among the people and, and Moses was trying to do something to help God's people. You know the story. He killed one Egyptian, two there, and two Egyptians and then he buried him in the sand. He thought he was helping, but the people misunderstood. You know the story, right? The other come out and so you're going to kill us like you did the others. And the Bible says that, that Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. And Pharaoh heard this and sought to slay Moses. And I thought about this because it didn't happen among the evil people. It happened among God's people. Something happened among God's people. I hope you're listening to me. Here's a man that was raised in a message, raised in, and something happened among God's people, among church. And it began to affect Moses, and he started to get afraid and said, surely everybody knows about this. You ever been there? Maybe you make a mistake, and the devil said, you shouldn't go to church because everybody knows about it. I like to say, devil, what, what are you afraid about me going to church for? oh, it doesn't matter you go to church. Well, the devil sure cares about it because every time you do wrong, he'll say, well, don't go to church. Don't go to church. Are you with me? Is this, yeah, don't. Why? Because he knows in the presence of God there's forgiveness. There's deliverance in the presence of God. There's restoration in the presence of God. That's why he doesn't want you to go to church. And what is the spirit around our message is telling people not to go to church? I tell you what, amen. You know, there, uh, let's go back to that. We are, he was raised in the message because the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. The Bible says, what are you doing preaching? Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's really simple. <laughs> so now this thing happened with Moses. There was misunderstandings. Somebody thought something. Somebody said something. Moses begins to presume you ever have mind battles? <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> Everybody has them. In fact, the greatest battle ever fought is right here in your mind. Amen. Amen. So he begins to conjecture. People are saying things. Did I already take my coat off here? He people started. He. Zero. The others. Ah, I got a nice little place right there. Nice. Somebody's done that before me. Somebody's done it repeatedly. <laughs> So now he it begins to affect his mind. He says, look, everybody knows about this. And the Bible said that he fled. He left. He left his family. He left his people. He left his beliefs. He left his convictions. He left his upbringing. He left his memories. Are you with me? This is all, this is just a story of the Bible. I'm telling it again, but we're living. The Bible says this, these were written for our examples so we can look back and realize, look, the devil did that to this man. He's going to try to do it to me as well. So the Bible says he left everything and he fled to the backside of the desert and he started a new life. <laughs> now, some of you older ones, you know what I'm talking about. You say, oh, I could go there and start a new life and I could do this and that. You know, people, the devil will come and tell you that thing. That's what Moses did. He went and he started a new life, got a new career, picked up a wife, Got a little baby, was doing his thing, and he was just going down there, and but you know, God came looking for him. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The Bible says the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. So here, his son, his deliverer, was ordained to do something, and he got away, and God came looking for him. Made me think of Adam when he was in the garden, and he made a mistake. And God came looking for him, and he was calling his name, Adam, Adam, where are you? There was only one Adam, so it was just him, right? Yeah. But God has a way even tonight to call our name. What's your name? What is it? Landon? Landon. Nobody, anybody else got Landon name? If I said Landon, he'd know. But God has a way of going through our life by the Holy Spirit. You believe the Holy Spirit is still a discerner? Of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. He's a discerner. So maybe you have a life, and then maybe some people live this double life, or they live another life, and they have two different lives, and this is for the people, and this is another. But it doesn't matter where you are. God will come looking for you, and he'll call your name. He'll call an identification that you know exactly who he's talking to. So he begins to call, uh, uh, call uh, uh, um, Moses there. Now this is evangelism. This isn't just a lot of teaching. I could get a lot of quotes and, and, and kind of go through those, but that isn't what this is today. But Exodus chapter three, verse one, the Bible says that he, he led the flock on the backside of the desert. And I want to say this because God gives Puts gifts and talents in every one of you. Gifts and callings are without repentance. No matter whether you serve God or you don't serve God, you have gifts inside of you. So Moses was made a leader to lead the children of Israel. But when he got away from God, he didn't lose his gifts. Now he's out there. He's a leader. He's leading sheep. But that wasn't what God ordained him to do to do that. God ordained him to lead the children of Israel. Amen, and God came looking for Moses, and he, he called him, he, amen, by name. And I was thinking about this because the Bible says gifts and callings are without repentance. And you know, we'll never make a good sinner. You never will. Been there, tried that, doesn't work. If God ever calls you to be a son of God, you'll never make a good uh, worldly person. You might try to talk like him. <laughs> oh, Christians don't do that. Oh, come on, get by yourself. Peter tried it. He denied Christ, get over there, warming himself there. And the woman said, look, your speech betrays you. You're one of those message believers. You even talk like them. You know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, the world's going to, they're going to drop a bomb. I'm like, nope, there's three and a half years to the Jews. So I don't think it's going to. Like, oh, your speech betrays you. You're one of them Branhamites. You believe in a rapture going up in the tribulation coming. Your speech betrays you. Why? Because he had been taught. Something have been, how's the Bible said? Train up a child in the way he would go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's the Bible. You might deviate and try to get around it, but somewhere it all comes back to you. you know, I've seen people, young people get away from the Lord, and you get them in this place, and they'll quote scriptures and quote scriptures. They know why. It's a, it's a part of them. <laughs> I was thinking about that because God has a way of getting his people, and he has a way of getting you alone. You can sit in this auditorium, and there, you know, we've we've got people here, and God bless us all. But there's, I was it Gehazi? I was with Elisha. He said, "You know what?" He said, "Open his eyes." He said, "Look, there's more with us than there is with them." We could see the angels are encamped around about all of us. <laughs> You know, they're telling me to just preach, Brother Daniel. Preach the word of God. Tell them about the kingdom of God. Faith comes by hearing. The devil tries to bombard them. You preach the gospel. Daniel will cast out devils. People believe the word of God. They'll be delivered and love the Lord. And I'm calling people right now while you're preaching, Brother Daniel. You can just hear those angels. Amen. There's another world out there. I can't see it. But I feel their effect on me. Do you know what I'm talking about? I can say, I say it's the Holy Spirit. You get over by the world and the things of the world and you feel something evil spiritually. Oh, that's the devil. Where was I the other day and just the devil just come in like a flood. He was just right there. I said, that's the devil. I mean, he's real. He's real. Don't let somebody pull a couple quotes out. Brother Ram said the devil's a bluff. They take that and take that. He's talking about he's a bluff standing against the word of God. But he's not a bluff in the fact that he doesn't exist. People get to that place they don't think he exists, my, you've been a long, you're a long way from a teenager. Because he does. You battle with him every day. <laughs> These young people know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's real. He's there. Hey Amen. Before I get out of bed, he's right there tempting the me putting a thought in my mind, trying to draw me here, trying to meet, and you might be with a lot of people, but God can get you to where you're alone. Where you can be alone. Sometimes people are real lonely. They're in a whole crowd of people, even with young people all around, but they're just alone. And God has a way of getting us alone. Because he wants to call our name. He wants to call an identification that you know that God is speaking to you. Here a couple years ago, is there if I just share some personal things? I, I'm really vulnerable in that. I share personal things and then you know things about me that can hurt. You know, that's what people do when they, they don't like. That's when you get a close friend and then you share something and then they tell that or whatever and then you just back away and you build this wall around you like nobody's coming past that wall. Sorry. You know, there's something about the Lord. He causes those walls to come down. So this story, one day I was in Florida. We had our business, and they had a trade show down there, and I went to this trade show. Are we doing okay on time? I'm watching that clock back there. Thank you, brother. We're going to go somewhere and do something anyway after this, right? We might as well be in the house of the Lord. We're going to get to that in the next couple days too, about enjoying the Lord. You know, it just makes me so aggravated to see those people out in the world enjoying their spirit. Why can't we enjoy the Holy Spirit? why can't we enjoy that? That's a whole nother sermon. (laughs) So I was down in Florida, and I went to this trade show, and I was going through something in my life. It was just a heavy burden. You ever go through those, Brother Ed, where you got this heavy? No, never? (laughs) Come on. So you're going through something, and every one of us today are going through something. You won't admit it, and, and this and that, but every one of us are going through something in our life. Maybe nobody knows about it, and I had a friend, some, you know, there's things in your life that affect you, like one of my best friends and, and he was just, and, and somehow we got a little distance and then he took a hose and put it in his window and didn't think there was any reason to live out of the exhaust pipe of his heart and car and stuck it in his window and, and took his life. And you know, that had an effect on me. It, it is, there was another boy that wrote me a note and said I, I would like to talk to you sometime and he gave me that note and we never got to have that talk and he died in a car accident and and died instantly and those things they have an effect on you as a minister and and so you you it makes you um maybe it's just me it makes me kind of uh directed and and pointed about what our purpose when we're in this church for I can preach a lot of things but unless it gets right down to where we live and it helps us and so I was going through this thing and I was in Florida and there was Thousands of people at this trade show, and and so I was going through it, and I was just walking out. The show was over, and I was walking out, Brother Ed, and I heard the song Amazing Grace being played. And it's like, wait, wait, if you've ever been touched by the Spirit of God, no matter where you go or what happens, when you hear the presence of God or the Spirit of God, there's a beacon inside of you that turns to that. And so I was going through this thing, and all of a sudden, I heard this "Amazing Grace." And the, it was over, and all the people were walking. I'm like, "Where is that coming?" And I started looking, and there was a pole, and there was these um, chairs where they buff your shoes, like at the um, at the airport. And so I went around. And I'm like, "Where is?" It? And I went around, and there was a. a it was an old couple. A man who was 90 years old. His wife, I don't know, she was like in her late 80s. Colored couple and they were shining shoes and she was sitting there here her husband was shining the shoes and and she was just sitting there and I went over and I was just talking to her and just like this and inside I was going through something and she said we were talking like you're a Christian and she's playing amazing grace. She said, I like I play amazing grace and we started talking about the Lord. She reached over and got her Bible, pulled it out, opened it up to the book of Hebrews and that I was reading, had her Bible all highlighted and it was like wow this is amazing God in Florida. Didn't know there were Christians in Florida <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, Florida's a, an interesting place, and so they're, they're ministering, and so I thought, you know, I could get my shoes shined, so I, I, if they'll just minister to me, and you know, sometimes we put, we put, um, we, we, we put God in a box and say, God, you can't minister or help me till I get to church on Sunday, and, and maybe, but if we'll just say, God, you be God, and you lead me, and you guide me, and you speak to me, and you call my name. And I was sitting there, and I climbed up in the chair, and I thought, "Lord, I'll just sit here." And here's this this woman; she was a, actually a woman preacher. God bless her. But she's a, a colored sister. She's close to ninety years old, and she's sitting there talking about the Lord. I said, "Will you pol-, you know?" She said, I polished my shoes. I just wanted to be there where she could and her husband could talk to me. And the, so they began to talk to me and minister. And I don't remember what they were saying, but the Holy Spirit was dealing in my life and and helping me. Ever been there in your life? Holy Spirit's just talking to me and, 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 and uh, you know, and, and just ministering to my spirit. And I got up from there, and, um, and I got up, and I walked over to there was a wall. Brother Ed and I just stood there, and the Holy Spirit just came down, and I just wept in the presence of the Lord and said, Lord, you just ministered through me, through a black woman preacher, Trinitarian, and you just ministered to my spirit. We need to let God speak to us and help us in whatever way. That he wants to speak to us sin. It might be a poem. It might be a child's smile. Somehow he has a way of calling your name and, and, and speaking to you. And I'll stop right here in the middle with a little pause. If you, can everybody multitask? I know you're young people. You know multitasking. You, you, you must remember this in life. Those that minister to you, you can never let them go into Extinction. You have to support them. You have to make sure they continue. And so I went. I think they charged like eight dollars. I gave them a hundred dollars. I said here. And so that I, just take that as a lesson. It's something that ministers to you. Don't let that. You know, I, they, they had, I don't, the movie, I don't believe in all that stuff, but they had a movie called The Day After about the nuclear bomb cost, what, whatever. And that's what, that's what I say about critical spirits that come into church. they want to attack the preacher, and then this minister, and the song leader, and then a the musician, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And I said, hey, wait a minute, what, what about the day after? When you get done with all that you're setting out to achieve, and you destroy all of those gifts of God, and we have nobody in the church, and we're all sitting here because we already ran, out, ran everybody off. What have you done? Are you with me? I mean, sometimes the Bible says um, the Bible says your young men will have visions. If we just sit down a little bit and have a vision, okay, where is this going to take us if I continue down this critical path? And have a vision, they like uh, da, 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 I don't want to be there if all the preachers run away and the musicians run away and the sun gets to, and the deacons and the trustees and the, Are you with me today? Let's have a vision. Let's be young men and have a vision and and look down and say, no, let's not go there. Let's encourage the body of Christ. Let's build unity. How blessed it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And there's nothing that makes young people so upset to see older people just fight and fuss and fight and fuss and fuss. Like, hey, can we love each other? Can we love each other? So now this this man, Moses, has gone through a thing and the burning bush is burning. and, And so he turns and he sees the burning bush And he noticed that the the, the bush was not consumed. It wasn't natural. Let me just say this. God has a way to speaking and calling a person's name. And to them, there's supernatural things that happen to them. God is, is calling their name. He's trying to attract them, to pull them to a place away from everyone else. Moses had his job. He had all the things he was doing. But God was letting something unique happen that would get his attention and get him to turn aside. And we know it's not God's will that any should perish, and sons of God have to come to a place to have and encounter God, so God is putting these things in front of us to cause us to turn aside. I was thinking about this the other day because, again, I was going through something. <coughs> it's better to say that without telling you all the stuff, but I think all of us are going through something, and sometimes it's that thing that you're going through that actually causes you to Pray. Because we live in Lady Osea where we have everything, like, hey Siri, turn the heat up. Or I rode in my brother's car today and he had heated seats. I love heated seats, they're nice. We have all these comforts. And so God has to put these little thorns around us to make us go pray, make us go to church, make us need God. God never intended for his children to be self sufficient. I've got three sons. And if they have a flat tire, don't call me. Don't call me. I raised you as a man to know where your spare tire is. You get it out and you put it on and you put the tire on. All right? That's what um, you raised to be self-sufficient. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You know, take care of business. You're a man. But God never intended his children to do that. He intended them to be dependent on God. Lord, I need you today, Lord. God, I can't make today without you, Lord Jesus. Lord, you're my everything. You're my strength. David said, the Lord is the strength of my life. There's no seniority because it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. God holds you in that place that you have to have him. You have to depend on him. He's El Shaddai, the breasted God. We need him today. The church needs him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So I was going out, and I said, Lord, how will you ever make yourself real to me? Lord, will you just make yourself real to me? And I had this old four-wheeler. I think in Canada you call them quads. So I had this old quads. It's about 20 years old, and we'd driven it. It it worked really great. I had it in the the barn there, and I went to start it, and it wouldn't start. It wouldn't start, and all of a sudden, it went, and I'm like, oh my, that's not good. And so I thought I probably threw a rod or something like that. And so I checked the oil. There was no oil in it. It didn't even show on the dipstick. That's not good either. <laughs> you know how everybody's responsibility is nobody's responsibility. And, and so like nobody put oil in this. It's 20 years old. It's just ready for the rubbish pile. And, and so I thought about, I said, well, you know, I'll, I took the spark plug out, made sure it had gas. Took the spark plug out. Thought, well, I'll get a new spark plug. Went and got a spark plug, and the next day or a few days later, I put the spark plug in. Tried to start it. Rah, 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 wouldn't start. Thought, well, it's just. I thought, Lord, would you, would you help me get this going? You know, and I just was thinking about. It. I thought, Lord, and I took the air breather off, and I got the starter fluid, man's best friend. <laughs> you know, took it. You, you choke it; it cuts off the carburetor, and you don't get it. So I did the carburetor; so it wasn't choked. And I sprayed it all in, and as a new can, it just filled it up. Ran back in the air breather, and I tried to start. run, and it backfired, <clears throat> and it's caught the air canister on fire. So now I'm in the barn. I've got this fire; it's burning. It had oil residue in the bottom, it had hay in the bottom of it, Brother Andrew. You know, and, and so now it's burning, and I know realize there's oil in there. You'll never get this out. It's gonna burn the whole thing to the ground. I got some gloves, I was beating on it, trying to get it out. And it's burning my hands. I'm like, this thing is gonna burn down right here in my barn. Thank you, Lord. I mean, I just trying to get it started, and now it's gonna burn to a crisp and probably burn the barn down. And so I'm like, it, it's not gonna stop. And I was thinking, I thought, well, I didn't have any water at the area. And then I thought, you know, there's probably a a water bottle in my truck. So I ran to my truck, got a water bottle, come out, put it all over it, and it had melted the plastic, and I finally got it out. It was out. And I'm like, well, it didn't burn my barn down. (laughs) That's a good thing. But I went over there, and I tried to start it, and it kind of turned over. And I kept trying to start it, and it turned over. And and pretty soon, I got it running, and and it was running. And now I drive it, and it drives perfectly, Brother Ed. And I was like... It was just a little thing, but to me, and then you get through it, it's like, Lord, was that you? Was that, was that you really helping me? You know, we live in a time where people, you know, they tell me that there's not, there's almost all the movies that happen now have magic in them and sorcery. To where they just like wave a wand and that's the way we think God is just wave a wand and it goes away. It's magic and the person gets shot blah, blah, and they just come over and, and they jump up and they run off. And, you know, we used to kid a cat got nine lives and now the movies have taken All of it has sorcery, Harry Potter, I don't read that junk. And so the, they wave a wand or whatever and they get up and it's got sorcery. We don't believe in that stuff. We believe a supernatural God that begins to get into the details and work through the details, and all things are possible to them that believe, and God can work through the details, and the supernatural begins to happen, and through that, and you get through the other side, and you say, God, how did that just happen? How many have been sick, and somehow you got through that, and you come through the other side and say, God, how did that happen? Maybe you have a situation in the church, you say, there's no way through this, and you just keep praying and praying, and then pretty soon you're like... Lord, how did we just get through that? It's a supernatural God. He's supernatural. If you'll allow him to be supernatural and speak to you. God hidden and revealed in simplicity. Now, if we had this, this little thing right here, whatever this is, I don't know what it is. If I took this and I hid it over here like that and said, all right, let's go and play hide and get seek. We're, we're, all right, let's go out there and look for it. Like, Look, I don't need to look out there. It's right here. I know where it is. It's right here. I don't need to hide and seek. It's right here. So if Brother Graham preaches a message, you know it's the first. In the seven seals there was ten messages, right? The first one is God in simplicity, the breach, six seals, questions and answers on the Holy Ghost. The seventh seal, ten sermons he preaches, All right? First one is God hidden and revealed in simplicity. So people are trying to find God in complexity and mysteries and all this stuff. Like, wait, no, no, I know where he is. He hides in simplicity. He hides in simplicity, and then he reveals himself in simplicity the same way. And if we'll get simple enough, God can reveal himself to us. So it may not mean nothing to you, me telling this story, but to me, what I was going through, and I say, God, was that you really showing me that this thing was really done and ready for the rubbish pile, but now it runs like new, and you answer my prayer, and you're working in these things, and God begins to prove himself to you. And speak to you like David. And he was anointed to be king. Did he go be king? No. He went to the backside of the desert so God could begin to reveal himself through a bear being killed. A lion being killed. And when the giant came out, we were like, no problem. He killed the bear. He killed the lion. And he's going to kill this, this Goliath as well. God is training us. He's molding us. If we'll allow God to speak to us, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of them all. I don't know how to. I don't know how to preach, but the Holy Spirit takes us different places, and I believe in emotion. I, I believe anything that's not uh, has emotion should be buried. I actually, brother, we ought to go bury a lot of uh, a dead religion that we have, and just bury it and get something that's alive, something that moves you by the Holy Ghost. They, a, I've got friends that are paramedics. And when you come up, the first thing you do, you have a wreck and bodies are laying out, the first thing you do is you find people that have motion, movement. <laughs> and then you check their vitals like, hey, that, he doesn't have a pulse. He doesn't. Like the one man said, he, somebody had a heart attack in the church. <laughs> and they come in, they took 16 people out before they found the right person that was. God help us. I got a sermon that I preach with. Use a taser as an example, and somebody owns that taser, and that taser has no has no um, ability to tell when it tases and when it doesn't because an owner owns it, and when the owner presses it, then you do nothing but make a tase, you make a noise, you make a response, and the Bible says, I don't, you know, I don't know how to preach. I'm going to read this scripture. The Bible says we are bought with a price. We are not our own. You're bought with a price. I've got it in these notes somewhere in here. But it says you are not your own. You're bought with a price. God has bought us. He owns us. And I was thinking about this, you know, how that God helped me and, and God hides himself in simplicity. Yesterday, my wife, she, God healed her legs and she had a problem for several years, her, her legs she her feet hurt so bad she couldn't walk and mentally she got to the place that the only place way she could function in life was mentally separate her legs from her body because the pain was so great so mentally she just said that's not a part of my body and she would just from her like her knees up just go through and 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 we went through that as a family you know you go through things as a church as a family you don't run from your family because maybe dad goes through something are you all with me if mom goes through something in her life, you don't run away. Well, no, we're a family. We're a body of believers. We're in this thing together. And young people, we go through things. We're young, we're 10, 11 years old, and then chemicals kick in our body and it changes the way you think and everything about you. It all changes. And, and, and your mom and dad are like, hey, I'm bearing with them. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's just natural, all right? And you start shaving your face, and maybe you got your first razor, like, wow, I used it, you know? And it's just part of life. But you know, mom and dads, so they go through times, too. They go through changes of life. Brother M. says that. I think it's uh, indictment. He said, you know, young people, they go through changes of life. Actually, he says, every seven years, you go through a change. You know, people say, I don't believe the message. Well, you don't have to believe it, but I do choose to believe it. And it has helped me through so many twists and turns of life. Brother Ram said every seven years you'll go through a change in your mind and your body. And when you get to those changes, like we're young people, you just drive as fast as the speed limit will say. And then the little grace portion, whatever that is, you determine it is. And, and, but through life you'll learn that when they, they have an S curve and it diminishes the speed limit, it's because there's danger right there. And if you continue to drive that 70 miles an hour, whatever the kilometers is, and you drive that, you're going to wreck, and you're going to have injury. And that's the same with life. When you come to those seven-year changes, you've got to slow down a little bit. I'm going to slow down right there, all right? Let it sink in. You've got to slow down a little bit and take those curves of life and realize that you're going through a change. Just slow down. You'll get through it. Mom and Dad went through it, other brothers, Brother Ed, he's a little bit older than me. And and you know you go through those changes and God will help you through these changes. Is this all right? We're just changing. Each one of us are changing. You never you never stop. You never song. You never stopped working. Well, you never stop changing either. You're always changing. So it's like thinking about that how that God healed her and we you know when when troubles come you trust God. When sickness comes you trust God. When temptation comes you trust God. When afflictions come, you trust God. When church problems come, you trust God. When pandemics come, you trust God. When you have border crossing riots, you trust God. (laughs) We just learn to trust the the Lord. If a war comes, we trust God. Oh, that's Ukraine. Hi, who's to say that's not, uh, that we've enjoyed the freedom so much. Remember, we asked God to leave our schools, Right? We've asked God to leave America. Obama went around the world and told, I think it was 20 times, he said, we are no longer a Christian nation. We are not a Christian nation. And when you ask God to leave, he's a gentleman. And he gets up and he leaves. And chaos follows that. May God help us. There's, there's judgment. We're going to save this for some other sermons there. But, you know, we need to trust God as believers. You know, the Bible says, and Moses said, I will now turn aside and see what this great sight is, that the bush is not burnt. So there was something supernatural that was happening. Moses said, I'm going to turn aside and I'm going to see why this is happening. This is unusual. This is not normal. But God was using the supernatural to speak to him. And I think that would be so good if we need to slow down a little bit. Slow down a little bit. Youth, I said it's a shame that youth is wasted on youth. We just need to slow down a little bit. You realize, hey, we might be at a curve and that's what Brother Branham was trying to get our, all the movements when he came in the 50s and 60s. Brother Harold's here here, sitting here and there are many movements and ministries. All around. He wasn't the only one having tent revivals. There was a lot of tent revivals and a lot of things going on. And, but the supernatural was happening in Brother Branham's ministry. And I want to play a little clip there. I, I, I've got 70 seconds, all right? Can you, can you do multitasking? We'll stop me preaching. I want Brother Branham to speak to you for 70 minutes. And then I want us to listen to what he's saying. And I want to talk about what he says, not minutes. I'm sorry. You know, you just live your life, and if you make a mistake, somebody will tell you. And my wife will just laugh and just say, hey, and I know I made a mistake. Like, it was seconds and not minutes. 60, 70 seconds. We're going to listen to 70 seconds of Brother Randall. And I want you to stop, and I want you to listen to this. And then I want us to go back and think about it and talk about it. All right, Brother, if you play that. This is out of the message. I guess I'm
2: a stranger to this lady. Is that right, lady? We are strangers to each other. But the Lord Jesus knows you. Do you believe that He can reveal to me what's your trouble? You're here for your back. You got a back condition that was caused from an experience in a hospital from an operation. That's right. You believe he would make you well? They call you Anne Robley. You're from a suburb of this city. That's your daughter standing right down there. You've got skin cancer. Surrender your card and go back to your seat. Your husband has dizzy spells. Tell him just to believe, and all three of you will be healed in the name of the Lord. Now go believing, have faith, go down. Amen. I believe that. That was seventy
1: seconds, but I want us to stop and think about what we just listened to. And it took a prophet to come and slow a generation down. That a lot of Pentecostal people movement, a lot of moving of spirits, a lot of meetings, and a prophet of God says, "Now wait, slow down." What just happened right there? Here's a ministry, and if you know the setting, Brother Branham lines up people. They come to the right side because the angel of the Lord always came to his right side. He said, I want them to encounter the presence of the Lord before they ever get to me. And he lined up uh, uh, strangers to him. So this lady, she comes to him, and just like the woman at the well, God revealed to Brother Branham what this lady's name was. I want us to first realize that it was not William Branham. It was the Lord Jesus Christ revealing himself as the Son of Man through a ministry called William Branham. I think it, what is it, rising of the Son of Noah, anointed ones at the end time. Brother Branham said, I had nothing to do with it. I was just at the river when he came down. God had to use a vessel, and that vessel had to have a name, right? So God chose Brother Branham to be that vessel that he would express the ministry of the Son of Man through. Brother Ram said that in, in uh, Anointed One Stand Time at the end. He said, That's where you have your greatest trouble is separating. He said, I am a son of man, revealing the son of man, which is Jesus Christ. So God used his ministry. Brother Ram, you can watch it on the deep call through the deep. Brother Ram stands there. He says, I'm waiting for something. I'm as helpless as a baby unless he comes. And then he said, Now he's here. So the angel of the Lord would come down and use Brother Branham's voice to speak. Brother Branham didn't get he wasn't able to understand that. Like he would say, now, that was my voice. I don't know what I just said to you. He would said in another place, I will go back and listen to the tapes to see what that prayer line was even about. So it wasn't his voice. It wasn't his knowledge. It wasn't even his gift. His gift was to yield to the Lord and let the Lord use it in whatever way. Then the prophet of God, he would use that gift, the Son of Man would come back through him and say, now what just happened there was the identification of the Son of Man coming to the Gentiles. So there's three races of peoples, the Jews, the Gentiles, and the Samaritans. So Jesus went to the Jews, then the woman at the well was at Samaria, was at St. John chapter 4 there, and he came to Samaria, and he knew the lady, and he said, go get your husband. I don't have a husband. You've had five, and the one you're living with now isn't yours. And she said, we know when Messiah comes, he'll do what you did. He said, I'm the one that's speaking to you. But Jesus told him, don't go to the Gentiles. So now Jesus Christ expresses himself to the Gentiles through the ministry of William Branham as the son of man. And he does the same identification that he did back in the scripture. He knew the lady's name, just like he called Peter, said thou art Peter." He said, thou shalt be called, uh, thou art Simon, the son of Jonas. He knew his daddy's. And so... We find that the Brother Brown even knew, that the Holy Spirit knew this lady's, uh, the city that she lived in. He knew that the, the lady who was standing there knew that this other person was her daughter. Knew that her, her, uh, her husband had dizzy spells and all three of them were healed. So it wasn't just a gift. Like in that day, there was a lot of gifts, a lot of manifestations. There were many, but Brother Bam slows the people down and said, no, no, this has never happened since the days of Jesus Christ. Now somebody, if you were in Pentecost, they had a word of wisdom and we believe that God absolutely does that. He has a word of wisdom and maybe discernment that would happen, but not to in this way that where it would line up to identify the ministry of the Son of Man. It was a special ministry according to the scripture, Luke seventeen thirty. as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Are you all with me? We're talking about Jesus Christ calling your name and identifying the day that you're living in and what's happening around you. And we just heard that and we say, what just happened when Jesus, remember Elohim came down, borrowed a body, stood before Abraham and said, why did Sarah, he said you're going to have a son. And Sarah laughed in the tent. And Elohim said, why did Sarah laugh? They called her out, Sarah, why did you laugh? Oh, I didn't laugh. But you did laugh in your heart. And God knew the thoughts and the, and, and the, uh, of the hearts of Sarah. And so now the prophet of God is identifying the day that we're living in. We need to slow down. Oh we just listen to tapes. No, slow down. Go back to your Bible and read your Bible and say, "Where are we living at?" And then let God speak to you. What was going on in the day of Sodom? Down there when they took their virgin girls and said, hey, you can have the girls. We don't want the virgin girls. The men wanted the men. As it was in that day, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. And that's why we see the ministry of God's prophet, the Son of Man, coming in this day, revealing himself to you and I. And God is calling you. He is identifying your day and its message. I'd like to preach that sermon right there, Brother Harold. Dinner, uh, recognizing your day and its message. God didn't die when God took the prophet, the vessel home. The message is still going around and around and around and around the world. It's going, people are hearing the voice of the seventh angel messenger. And I believe it's drawing and, and a bride is hearing that message and, and, and finding, And God is speaking to her through that. I'm going to go out on a limb right here. You might call me whatever you want to call me. But we were just reading a few chapters over there in our devotions, my wife and I. And God told Moses, he said, you'll be a God to those people. Yeah. I'd like to preach the message unveiling of God right there. God veiled himself. And we can see God veil himself in Moses and, and Elijah and John the Baptist. We can see God taking on, God coming down and taking on a body to redeem in Jesus Christ. We can see in Paul. We can see in Brother Branham. But can you see God in you? Can you see God veiled in mama who says, that dress is too tight? You need to change your clothes. Son, you got a bad attitude. Can we see God veiled in that? Can we see God veiled in young people who have a desire to play a talent, use their instruments like Jesus at 12 years old? He was in the temple. He said, i got to be about my father's business. And it's not furniture and carpentry. It's about my heavenly father. There's no age limit in getting into this. Amen. I say whatever age you are, just get in and God can use you for his glory. Amen. So here's God speaking to Moses. Amen. And the Bible says this is a powerful verse in verse 4. And he said, and when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside, God called unto him. Listen to me right here. God creates this bush that's burning like this is a burning bush. Moses sees it. And if Moses had went on, we would not have the great stories we have of Moses. But somehow there were sons, predestinated sons and daughters of God when they saw the supernatural in their life. Are you with me today? God calling their name and turning them aside. Moses said, I will turn aside and see what the supernatural is. And when God saw that Moses looked at the supernatural, then God began to speak to Moses. Oh, brothers and sisters, do you believe God's alive? Do you believe he speaks? Amen. Amen. And tonight is the Holy Spirit. Amen. I I believe God's orchestrated these meetings and these services. And put this on my heart when God calls your name, which is your identification. And then he creates a situation that he's working the supernatural. And you begin to turn aside to see I will turn aside and see what this is. And you start getting out of your, Moses was raising sheep. He had a routine. You know, it's first time, and I think you read there earlier, uh, was it later, early there, where, where Jethro said, look, you, you're back early. He said, yeah, Moses come, and they were early because there was a routine. And Moses had a routine, but the supernatural took him out of his routine. What night is this? What night is this? Do you all normally have Friday night service? So we're out of our routine, Right? Somewhere we've turned aside from our daily routine of life. And we're in the presence of God. I can tell you to have a desire for Jesus Christ is already a supernatural thing. Well, the Bible says when the, how does it say? Because the love of many will wax cold and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. And we see the Spirit of God lifting and the darkness coming around us. Can you say amen to that? And the darkness going around and, and it getting darker and darker. For you to have a desire to get out of your routine and come to the house of God. I say it's Jesus Christ. I say it's something that God is moving you. You could be anywhere doing anything. But somehow God has given you a desire to come into the house of God. To turn aside. And then when Moses turned aside, God began to speak to him. would you like God to speak to you tonight? To identify himself to you and make himself real to you. Out of the routine. You know, the Bible says, James, I've got it here, James five four eight. he said, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. You're closer to God now than you were two hours ago. How can you say that, Brother Daniel? Because you've come to the house of the Lord. I trust we're not one of those bench warming Christians, right? I don't, I don't like to waste time. I'm too old to waste time, okay? So when, when I get to a thing, it's got to, it's got to be productive. I got to, and if we go to the house of the Lord, let's achieve what we came here for. Yes. We came to worship God, let's worship God. Yes. We came to draw close to God, let's draw close to God. If there's sin in our life, say, God, forgive me, Lord, I'm, I'm a son of God. Yes. So now he begins to turn aside and God begins to speak to him and say, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. God begins to speak to this man, Brother Graham said in the message. Why, Christ, speak? I think that any man, with a or a woman or a boy or a girl, and I think in an intellectual conception of what they think the word is and so forth, never can have a full foundation stand until they have met that life that brings this that word to a reality. I think that no church in its practice, no matter how intellectual, how fundamental it might be, that church cannot thrive until the supernatural is made known among that people and they see it. Something that they talk to, that will talk back to them, that vindicates this written word. Now, a lot of people have experiences, but it takes them away from the word of God. I want an experience that brings me to the word of God. Hey Amen, that's what we, we need, is an experience that brings us to the Word of God. I can preach whole sermons right there. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I'm going to wait and save that for Sunday. <laughs> we need to have a personal contact with God. <laughs> so many things come to my mind right now. How can you, ex- how can you reap the benefits of this electricity until you... Engage and encounter electricity. Some of your engineers and architects, and you understand. You know, one day my boy, he was like one, two, couldn't talk. But I was in the garage. We were working on an old trailer there, and I was working, and all of a sudden he starts crying. And I, I'm like, "Hey, what's the matter?" And he was just sitting there. He's crying. Like I'm like, "What's the matter with you?" And there was an extension cord laying right there. And I, I didn't. Look, How do you communicate to a one year old? Like, did you get shocked? So I just picked it up, and I was like, "And he said." <laughs> That's been 26 years ago. But something happened to that boy. He had an experience with electricity. And I could be here 26 years later and tell you the story because he had an encounter with electricity. And you'll never take the experience away from me because I was there. And if he has an experience at one year old with electricity and can remember it, what about experiences with God? amen when you encounter jesus christ and the habits of your life begin to change are you with me today and the natural becomes a supernatural i have this hanky if i let go it drops because there's a law inside of us is a law it's an old nature that we go to the world and the things of the world amen when something goes up and it does something it's supernatural God has done something to change an individual. How the Bible says, and you who were, were once dead in sin and trespasses, has he quickened. He said if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it will quicken your, if, if it dwell in you, it will quicken your mortal body. It will change your desires. I'm way ahead of myself. But there came a time when Moses is standing in that presence and God, there was two things that happened. Ah, oh, there's, so there's so much in my heart right now. I live in Charlestown. Brother Brandon met the angel in, in Charlestown, right at Tunnel Mill. It's just a few miles from my house. And he said, as Moses was given two signs, you'll be given two signs, right? Moses had two signs, and Brother Brandon was given two signs. One was his sign in his hand, he could show the diseases. I'd like to preach a whole sermon right there about the, 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 the day that we're in, in such sin and evil, and God gave a meter in his hand that he'd pray for somebody, and it would just go away. He said, now, he prays, he closes his eyes, he said, now, you watch my hand, he prays, he said, and cast out the devil, and he said, told the person, didn't open his eyes, said, now, you look at my arm, it's gone, isn't it? And God, in this day of sin and unbelief, listen to me, don't let people tell you that William Branham was a fake and all this kind of nonsense. God sent a gift in this generation, and gave him a gift in his hand, and said, take this person's hand, he said, now, you watch that, you can see, I think it was right here and there, said, so you watch that, and he prays, and it's vibrating, and it's all red, he prays, cast the devil, and it goes away. It was a gift to you and I, that we could have when a day of sin and such unbelief, you could say, no, God sent a meter in our day that you could see a devil possessing and he prays and the devil is cast out and has the meter right in his hand. Gift one. And he said, if they won't believe the first sign, they'll believe the second sign, which is the discernment, the thoughts and the intents of their heart. What wonderful gifts God has sent. I take every gift God will give me. These people are like, I don't want that. I don't want this gift. I don't want, I don't want this. I don't want preachers. I don't want deacons. I don't want trustees. I don't want evangelists. Those are gifts from God. I like to Those are gifts from God. All right, so if you're not going to do that at your birthday, you got all those gifts. Like, I don't want any of those. I Just get those gifts. No. No, you want those. I want them. Be, be. They're gifts from God. <laughs> Moses given two signs. One, he took a stick, threw it down, turned into a snake. And then God to tell him to pick it up. <laughs> Mama, I don't like snakes. But God, and he picked it up. It turned into a stick. And he said, now take your hand and stick it in your bosom. He stuck it in. He pulled it out. It was white with leprosy. Leprosy is a type of sin. And all of us are born with an old nature to sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we have that disease of leprosy. And God showed him the supernatural. He said, now you stick it back in your bosom. And you pull it out, and it was completely gone. One of the greatest miracles you'll ever see in your life is when God changes you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. You're living in sin and trespasses. And I was there. My Christian, I went to a Christian school, my school teacher looked at me, and she said, Daniel, you have the filthiest mouth in this Christian school. I thought, oh, God. I could see the leprosy. I could see the leprosy in my life. But I came into the presence of God, and I pulled it out, and he took my sins away. He took my sins away. Don't you love him today? Don't you want to serve Jesus Christ? Times when he began to speak my name, I, I, I just have so many experiences. I, I just, you know, uh, maybe we'll just kind of go through some of these. I was, and God has a way of, of speaking to us, and touching our hearts. Brother M. says in one place, he said, the burning bush had what Moses lacked. He said, that's the same thing tonight with the church. The Holy Ghost has what the church lacks. It's a burning bush, everlasting faith. Amen. I want to just change some of the, I just skip over some things here, but uh, one thing I do want to say this. Am I being all right? Am I all right in time? Are you all with me? Nobody's sleeping yet. When Moses came into the presence of God, God could speak to him, and change his dress. He said, Moses, take off your shoes. Now, we have some strong men in, in our, 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 our midst. Uh, you know, here's a young man here, sweatshirt. He's a strong man. If somebody, if somebody walks up, hey, take your shoes off. I ain't taking my shoes off. So what made the difference? He was in the presence of God. And I fear sometimes that sometimes things are presented as the law of do's and don'ts without the presence of God. Moses as a man would never have done that, but it was the presence of God that changed and made the difference. We need the presence of God more than anything. Lord Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord with all of your heart, with all your strength, and with all your might. Just love Jesus Christ. And when you fall in love with Christ and you find out that he doesn't like this kind of dress, you won't do it anymore. If you really fall in love with Jesus Christ. A young boy and a young girl get married and, and he loves that girl. And he just he says, he says, hey, I think those heels are too high. If she really loves that man, she'll submit to his word. And if we really love Jesus Christ, here's his word. We'll submit to the Word of God. It's not a bunch of laws. I've said it before. If you want to go legalism, you know, the old days we just had a few things. Now, with the internet, we would have a whole bunch of things, do's and don'ts and do's and don'ts. There's no way. The walls wouldn't hold it. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost like never before. And Holy Ghost is a tutor says, no, don't look at that. Hey, you're going to get addicted to that phone. You can't even lay that thing down. I'm not talking about using it for, for, for good things. I mean, it's the tree of good and evil, right? But when it's used on a bunch of nonsense, you better get rid of the thing. I'll save that for Sunday, too. Come back for Sunday. We'll talk about the Internet. So it was the presence of God that changed the difference. I'll just say this. We've seen a tectonic shift in the dress of women in our culture. My wife and I went to Zion National Park. I think it was last fall, and we hiked up this thing. I hate to hike. She loves to hike. I'm trying to keep our marriage together. <laughs> it is so mindless. It is mindless. We walk up there, and the worst part is you have to come back the same path. And it's just like it was when you went up there. I mean, if you had another way and it was all new, but you've got to go up there, and then you've got to come back the same path. I'm like, isn't this high enough? No, we have to go all the way to the top. <laughs> But we made an interesting observation. 90% of the females that were on that path had these leggings on. These whatever, they're leggings. I I have changed my idea and called them skins. They're not clothing, they're skins. What is the skin of your body? It's something that, that stretches around the muscles and bones and the other stuff that it just stretches around it in your body. That's skin. And that's what these are. They're skins. You listen to me, you'll never look at it again and think, and so I was reading over in Revelation chapter 3, the Bible says, in the last day, how's it say, Revelation 3 verse um, 17, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked, and you don't know it. So the Bible, the prophecy of our church age says that there's coming a day, the day that we live in, that people are going to get to the place, they'll be completely naked, but they'll think in their mind that they're clothed. But it's skins, it's complete nakedness. Remember Brother Branham had the the vision of the prophecy of the church dancing, it's really interesting, it was dancing to rock and roll and it was nakedness, right? You watch the mega churches. what is the common element among all of them? Rock and roll music. Because it was prophesied, they can't, and it's nakedness. It's nakedness. That's where, when you're living in this age, and we were like, how did our culture just switch in this, in, in the last maybe three, four, five years, and now everybody's wearing, even the schools, the public schools are saying, look, the girls can't wear those kind of leggings unless they got a, some type of something that comes down at least as far, and now the public schools are bringing some standard of holiness to their school. Amazing, isn't it? I said, we don't need a public school to teach us holiness. We need the mind that was in Christ. Let your women be adorned in modest apparel. Amen. The scriptures, the word of God. May God help us as we see these changes. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. I want to just read this couple more scriptures and we'll close. Is this okay? Is this something you can use tomorrow when you're fighting the devil? You get that in your mind, you'll never look at those women again and, and lust after them when they're dressed like that. You say, No, that's a fulfillment of the scripture, Revelation chapter 3. How do I know I'm living in the seventh church age? Because I see the scriptures being fulfilled. Because the last church age, they were rich and increased with goods. Have you ever seen an age where people are so rich? I mean, when I was little, we had church shoes and play shoes. If we go in your closet, how many people take bags of shoes to the Goodwill or whatever the thrift store, whatever you call it, rich and increased of goods and have need of nothing. What do we really need? What do we need? I, I, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't have food or clothing, uh, you see us and the deacons, we'll help you find it. But really, we just like, we want this food and we want it marinated and rotisseried and all this and this. And it's a want. It's not a need. It's the age. How do I know that God is speaking to us? How do, because I see it in the scripture. We're living in the third chapter, Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 to 21. Are you with me today? Oh, if God would allow us to get away from the crowds and get back in the scripture and realize the day that we're living in. What was Revelation chapter 4? Come up hither. We're looking for a rapture. We're looking for an exodus. We're looking, as we were talking today, the seven visions Brother Brandon had. The last one was America in craters. We had a president make America great again. I can either listen to a billionaire or I can listen to a vindicated prophet. I chose to pick the vindicated prophet. They're saying make America great again. It was great at one time, but somewhere it's beginning to fall. Brother Ram said in 1956, America has rejected her. In 1957, he said 1956, he said this is the deciding year. In 1957, he said they've rejected it. America will continue to go down and down. It won't get worse. It'll get rapidly worse. And we see that. <laughs> now, It might slow down a, a little bit during those times, but Revelation, or 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. The Bible says flee fornication. Run from it. Unclean living before marriage. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? So he's asking this. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? Well, that just blows a hole in the feminist. This is my body, and I can do whatever I want with it. You're right. If you're not a Christian, you're, that's your body. And you. Have, but when you are a Christian, and you live by, man, you not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. If you are a Christian, you are not your own. You're bought with a price. Does that what the Bible say? So you have no right. Uh, let me read the, the next verse. Uh, which which You're not your own. You're bought with a price. You're not your own. For you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are gods. Which are gods, that you belong to God. Amen. You say, I- I'm not signing up for that. Well, then you really don't want to be a Christian. Jesus said, you are my disciple. If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples. Jesus wasn't looking for followers. He was looking for disciples. The word disciple, the word discipline and disciple have the same root where they're looking for someone that's willing to be disciplined by Jesus Christ who is the word. So when the word of God says you're not your own, you belong to Jesus, you're bought with a price. Then all of a sudden that changes everything about our life. I don't have the right to put a tattoo on my forearm because I'm not my own. I belong to Jesus. He made... He made us good the way He made us. You're beautiful the way God made you. We don't need all the world's added things to call us beautiful. We just need the the beauty of holiness. I don't have the right to tattoo and pierce my ears and put piercing in body, all of these things. I'm I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible says. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Amen. May God help us. So Moses left the bush. He came to the bush. When Moses left the bush, he knew who he was and he knew who God was. We need those times with God and let God speak to us and we speak back to God and God said, "I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I've seen the affliction of my people. I heard their cry. I've seen their oppression. I know their sorrows." This was a language that that Moses could understand and God knows your language. He can talk a language that every one of us can understand. And when he calls your name and he calls you out, Moses began to make excuses. I can't talk. I was reading that today, and God said, who made the dumb? Who made the deaf? Who, who, made, who made you the way you are? We're talking about handicaps. All of us have handicaps. I've got a lot, and I'm not going to tell you what they are. <laughs> but I can get a complex about my handicaps, or I can say, Lord, I'm going to be the best that I can for your kingdom, Lord. I like to preach a whole sermon on that. Man, let's not let our handicaps diminish us from being real sons and daughters of God. God wasn't worried about Moses not being able to speak. And that's the same with our handicaps. God doesn't want to know about your... Actually, the Bible says God got angry with Moses because he came, became, came up with an excuse that God couldn't use him in the way that God wanted to. We don't need excuses. We need the Holy Ghost in our life. Jesus said, go tarry in the city of Jerusalem and you shall be endued with power from on high. You'll receive a power to live an overcoming life. Oh, praise the Lord! There's so many things I was thinking about that. Uh, we don't have time to go with these examples, but Samuel. Remember when God called Samuel? He said, "Samuel, Samuel," and he started to go in different places, looking. What is this? What is this? I don't know. And even he went to a backslidden preacher, and the backslidden preacher didn't couldn't recognize the 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 sp- and finally the preacher like, "Oh, you know what? That's God speaking to that boy." Hey, when they says that again, you say, "Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth." And then God began to speak to that young boy. Remember Paul, Saul, when he was riding to Damascus, and he wrote, stro- he said, "Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me?" He said, "Who are you, Lord?" He said, "I'm Jesus." God has a way of calling our names, and we we know we know it. It's an identity. God. You know, God's speaking to me. I was talking, thinking about my son, Ethan. He was telling me, and we I have it written in my Bible. I have. One day I'm going to preach a sermon called The Things in My Bible. <laughs> I have all these things that, in my Bible. But this thing right here is the experiences that my sons had with the Lord. This right here. So these are experiences that my son had with the Lord. As a parent, I want to lead him to Christ. So these are the experiences that I know. My son, William, called me from camp. And he had been there. And the, he said, Dad, the, Holy, I, the Lord filled me with the Holy Spirit. I have as a parent, I want, to have, I want to know that I've led my son to a place that they can be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. As parents, that's what we want to bring them into an atmosphere where it's not laws and you need to change and you address. And we don't believe in this. But bring them into the presence of God where God can speak to that individual. They know they're in the presence of the Lord. Are you, are you with me today? You feel his presence here today? You know, he's here. He said, where tier three are gathered in my name, I will be there. And man, if we'll just get quiet, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God, and I'm speaking to you, and I'm identifying myself with you, and as my son, I mean, young men were young, we were strong, my son, we were pulling some logs or something like that, he said, dad, that chain broke off the log, and it went right past my face, like that, and he said, and God spoke to me. Another time we were sitting on a porch together and Ethan and his friend were up riding a four-wheeler and all of a sudden his, his, his friend come running and he said, hey, something's wrong with Ethan. The four-wheeler's up there and he had her and the four-wheeler's on top of him and he's up and we run up, I had bare feet, I remember it well because I had bare feet and I don't wear bare feet a lot so I was running on the ground like, where's my son? He said he was under the four-wheeler we got the, and somehow he came down and, and it rolled off of him but Williams, Ethan said, dad, when I was under that four-wheeler and it was crushing me, he said, then God was speaking to me. God has a way to speak to us. Amen, I was thinking of my other son and how he he got up in business and going in success and a lot of business and then God allowed a sickness to come to his body. And he began to lose weight, a lot of weight and he couldn't... He became actually a prisoner, Brother Ed. He couldn't go out to, uh, had a very good job, but he had to be careful the meetings because he couldn't control his bodily functions, and so he had to sit close to the door. He couldn't hardly, he had to go right from work straight to home because he couldn't, didn't know in between there if he'd be able to control his movements. And and so, and there, and then he said, I was, became a prisoner, a prisoner, and he hadn't been serving the Lord, And, and, and so I knew the Lord was dealing with him. God, the way of a transgressor is hard. So what it says right here, this is the truth. The word of God is the truth. The way of a transgressor is hard. So he got to the place he began to lose weight and kept losing weight and losing weight. And one day he called me, said, "Dad, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready." I said, "So we." I said, "You know what's wrong?" Yes. Yeah. So we went to his house and we got down on the couch and we prayed. I said, "Lord," he dedicated his heart to his Lord completely, surrendered his heart to the Lord there at the couch. I had my bottle of oil. We went over Brother Ed and we anointed him with oil. From that time, he began to gain weight and gain weight and eat food, anything that he wanted. They were at our house the other day. My wife said, man, I can't believe how much food he ate. I mean, God's a healer. God has a way to speak to us. I was thinking some of the testimonies. I got so many back home. One of our sisters at our church, she couldn't have children. And and just wanted to have children. She came up in a prayer line, Brother Homer Longori. I don't know if you know Brother Homer-Longori. We had a prayer line and she came up. She prayed for him and God gave her a child and conceived. And nine months later she had a child. It was wonderful. God gave her a child, and it's a few years later. She, said, I want another child. She couldn't have a child, and the same brother was back. We had another prayer line. She came up and prayed for it, and God allowed her to conceive. And uh, nine months later, after that, she had another child. She was so happy, and you know, just going on. And God, God heals the, the womb and heals whatever the sickness is. And a few years later, that she got pregnant again, and she like I, she was shocked. She like I thought I had to go get prayed for in the prayer line. You know, God, he, he, he said, ask abundantly that your joy might be full. He has a way to speak to us in, in certain things. Brother Bram said, you know, when a son of God, he gets away, God chastises him. But when God accomplishes what he needs to accomplish, he heals the individual. He takes care of the individual. I believe that. But he has a way of getting our attention. When you're laying on your back looking at a ceiling and your body's racked in pain, God has a way of speaking to you and you, you know what God's saying to you. God deals with each one of us as individuals. I was thinking another sister had cancer. She was actually had a child. She was pregnant, and she had cancer. We were at their little church, and we anointed her. I remember the day she came up. We anointed her with oil, and we prayed the prayer of faith. Just prayed God would allow this baby to be born, and, and it was. The boy, baby was born healthy and well, and God healed her of the cancer. She goes to our church there, and God's a healer. He's, a, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you believe that? Oh, I believe it. He has a way of speaking to us, a way that you know and I know what God's doing to us. And then sometimes we need to slow down a little bit. And I've got a little thing. I, you know, I've got weird ways, whatever. But <laughs> all of us are weird in our own way. And I have a little envelope called lessons. And I write lessons. And I write my lessons that I... And I have a thing on my computer, it pops up and says, remember this, and you did wrong, and God corrected you here. And you remember this, you did wrong, and God corrected you there. As many as I love, I chasten and rebuke. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. God is speaking right now. I can tell in this service, the Holy Spirit, while I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit's been going and knocking on heart, maybe not calling your name that your mom called you, but identifying you in your life. Amen, he has a way of identifying, and, we, and, we, and, we, and he deals with this in certain ways. I was thinking about this, and I'll just close with this. You know, we wouldn't have that story of Moses if he hadn't turned aside. We have the story of the ten plagues in Egypt because one man turned aside, and the supernatural happened in his life. We have the story of the Red Sea closing up and destroying all the greatest army in the world, the Egyptian army, because one man was in the presence of God. We have the Ten Commandments. I saw it in the pastor's study back there, the Ten Commandments. Why? Because one man turned aside in the presence of Almighty God. We have what we have today because men of God have been in the presence of God and God has affected their lives and changed their lives and men have laying out somewhere and God, they've turned aside from the routine of life and God has molded and shaped those men Brother Harold, it's humbling to be, even be here in the church and turn aside. Brother Clark, Brother, Brother Ed here and other ministers, I don't know all of you, but men of God that have turned aside, deacons, trustees, you turned aside from the world and your routine to serve Almighty God. And God wants to call other young men to turn aside from the routine of life, that he can speak to you, that he can mold you, that he can shape your life in a way. You speak to it and it speaks back to you. Do you know what I'm talking about? And you say, Lord, and you make all your excuses, and then God speaks back to you and says, but he that is born of God is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. That temper of grandpa doesn't have to be yours. That selfishness of grandma doesn't have to be yours. We have gene changes. We're born of almighty God. Do you know what I'm talking about? You don't have to carry those sins of the past. Amen. We're new creatures in Christ blessed be the name of the Lord. I was thinking about this because I there's so many experiences in my life. I don't know. I, I have a habit. I write them in my Bible. <laughs> these are all experiences with the Lord. Maybe I'll just preach, read through those one of these days, but I just read all the experiences of, there's the one right there about the sister being barren in her. But I was thinking in my own life, and I just could tell many, many. But one time I was going through deep Things in my life. We've come from Jeffersonville, and there's everything has to make the mecca to Jeffersonville and do its thing, and and then leave and doctrines or whatever. It all comes to Jeffersonville. So I'm right. I live there, and it, um, you know, and so it it bombards your mind, and it's this and this and this. And so I know what it's l- like to live in the middle of of the different doctrines that come, whether it's the perusure, the son of man, or dispensation change, or tapes only, return ministry, tent ministry, and all the different variations where all those things, and they bombard your mind. And one time, it just got to the place, and I was in the back of the church, and I knelt down, and I began to pray, and I said, Lord, what about all of this? I can't handle all of this. You know, as a young person, a lot of times, you got to have it black or white, black or white. I remember as a kid, we go to a meeting, and we drive home, we ask my daddy, do they believe like us? <laughs> and it was either they do or they don't. And then as I grew older, I realized that there's, there's growth. There's men have come to God. and This is a whole other sermon, but Brother Branham was once a Baptist, and then he encountered the Pentecostal people. Then he brought a message, and he was growing in grace and knowledge. Just, and I learned in great wisdom that people are growing. Sometimes we don't allow people to change. There's great wisdom. We need to allow people to change. Sometimes and, and young people listen to me. You gotta allow your mom and daddy to grow. You gotta allow ministers to grow. Brother Branham thought one thing he th- didn't want to die. He thought he'd be a, a cloud and just float around. He said, I didn't want Brother Neville to be a cloud And, we, and we, he said, I wanted us. And he said, then I went beyond the curtain of time and God showed me they were real people. And it changed and we allow him to grow. And grace and knowledge. You have to allow ministers and deacons to. We, and we grow up. And the same as we're letting them grow. They're letting us grow. Here's the other thing. I hope this isn't too much. Somewhere we have to forgive them. Sometimes we put our parents in the place of God. And they can't make a mistake or they can't get weak or go through it. But I can tell you, everything we're going through, they're going through it as well. They're going through and so sometimes when they make a mistake, we just, it, our faith is in them. And when they make a mistake, our, it, the bottom falls out of us. Sometimes the people in the churches, they get their faith in a minister. And when the minister goes south, the whole church back. And, and so we can't do that. We got to get our faith in Jesus Christ. And when daddy makes a mistake, we got to learn to forgive daddy. We got to learn to forgive mama. Hope this helps the church somewhere, brother. Just all of us. Because we want them to forgive us, right? Dad says, hey, look, you be home by 10 o'clock, and then we're not home by 10 o'clock. We're like, well, Dad, Dad, forgive me, forgive me. Yeah, but we, we, we want him to forgive us, but we won't give the same grace to them. Because we all make mistakes, right? We are learning, and sometimes life happens. and So there's great wisdom in allowing other people to be forgiven. And sometimes when you don't forgive somebody, you hold bond, it, it holds you in bondage. But when you forgive somebody, it sets you free. And like bitterness and hatred, how they say that bitterness only corrupts the vessel that holds it. So you hold bitterness in it, and it just corrupts you and your personality and makes you ugly. But if you just take the bottom and just let it all out, hey, I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to forgive. Jesus said, forgive that you might be forgiven. I forgive you. I don't understand you, and right now I need some time to heal, but I forgive you. And then just let your life go on and bloom and blossom. So here I am kneeling in the back of this church saying, Lord, in the back. And I remember I was kneeling at the chair. I can see myself through it right now. I'm just praying like, Lord, I can't deal with all of this stuff and all these ministers and all of this. Lord, what do I? And, and I was going through some things. <laughs> Man, story of my life. I was going through some things, and the Lord spoke two things to me. The one is really, really personal. But the other one, he spoke to me, and he took me back because God has a way of speaking. Now, now you have see, taste, feel, smell, and hear. We're all over the place tonight, right? See, taste, feel, and smell in here. Brother Ram said those are your physical bodies. Never was given to you to contact God. We get it all mixed up, and that's why it took a prophet to say, don't look to feel God or see God or hear God. That's given to you to contact and earn a living for your family and care for your babies. But you have a sixth sense, which is faith. God is a spirit. And when God speaks to you, he speaks to you in your spirit. And you speak to him in your spirit, and, and you speak, and he speaks back to you. How many you know what I'm talking about? Paul said, how do he say in, in, in Jude there, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, and that's where there's another scripture, uh, you know, and, and that's why in the Spirit of God, the Bible says, praying with groanings that cannot be uttered in a language that your mother taught you, which is English, but there's a, a spirit man that is groaning and travailing. I believe it says, what is it? 1 Corinthians 13, he said, the, our body, we groan for that earthly, this, this earthly would be laid aside, and we have another body that's waiting for us, and we groan for that body. You older people know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? I'm groaning for that new body. And so we're a spirit man, and we're groaning in that spirit, and I'm groaning in the spirit, and God begins to speak to me in the spirit, and he takes me back to where. Jesus rose from the dead and there's Peter and James and he's with his disciples there and and, and Peter, John is laying over in the bosom of Jesus and and, and Peter's like, Lord, what is this man going to do? And Jesus said those amazing words. He said, if this man tarry till I come, what is that to you follow thou me? And when the Holy Spirit began to speak to me that he said, Daniel, What is that to you, what these other ministries and men, and Peter was looking at John the Beloved, and he's leaning, said, Peter, what has his ministry got to do with you? Follow thou me. And God spoke that so powerfully and so deep in my heart, I got up from that chair, and I walked away a different man. I was changed because God began to speak to me. He began to direct me. How's it saying? Like Moses, I'm no Moses, but I picked up my staff and headed down for what God had commissioned me to do. And that's where if God will speak to us. Hey Amen. What is that to you about that problem or that situation? Don't try to figure it out. What is that to you? Follow Jesus Christ. Follow the Spirit of God. Follow the Word of God. Follow the things of God and move past all those things. Isn't the love of Jesus wonderful? Isn't His presence wonderful? When God speaks to us, we know what he's speaking to us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord if the musicians will come. Amen. The Lord knows how to speak to every one of our hearts. And when God calls you like Adam, Adam, I remember as a young person, I was raised in a Christian home. My daddy wouldn't let music and things of the world, so I'd sneak out, listen to the little radio. We used to kid, I know, you know, you're branded, it's amazing because children are like, um, they're like concrete. You can mold them and shape them, and they stay that way. And your mind's that way when you're young. You can mold it and shape it, and it stays that way. So I can hear a song, and it'll take me back to places that I was. But I was raised in a Christian home, and so I had another handicap. I never knew who the artist was and who sang it. And he wrote the song because I never could, in those days we had radios, those antiquated things, and they'd play three songs and they'd say, this song was sung by this person and this, and I never could remember those because I, I, was, I couldn't, my dad had a sanctified home. I couldn't have enough that time to listen to the whole song. So it was just little tidbits I'd listen to. But when God comes through and he changes your life, he changes your desires. I went from the back row of the church to the front row of the church with the love of God. And my mouth changed. My talk changed. Amen. My, uh, the, the friends, the girlfriend, the, the girls, it all changed because something happened on the inside. And that's what we need to do is meet Jesus Christ and we're changed. I'd lay in bed and the tears just streamed down my face because I had a deep calling to the deep. There, where there's a deep calling, there's a deep to respond And when something calls at your heart and it tugs, there's something to respond to that and satisfy the desire of your heart. I love him for that. He's wonderful. Let's just bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, Lord, so many things I could say. Lord, I've just said the things that you've placed in my heart tonight. And I pray, Lord, that in the quietness of this time that you would speak, Father. Lord, as the song is being played, God still moves. Lord, you still can call our name, and call our identification right where we are. Lord, those that may be streaming tonight, wherever we are, Lord Jesus, that you can come to us, you can show yourself real to us. Lord, you've made yourself real through a message of the hour, 1,200 messages, 1,800 hours of a ministry coming to restore our faith back to the faith of our fathers, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us in a special way tonight, Lord. Lord, you know what you're doing in every life, and every heart, and even now as the music's being played, I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would come Lord, bind every hindering spirit, Lord. We would lay aside the weights and the sins that so easily beset us, Lord Jesus. Lord, your presence is so real. It's so wonderful, Father. Lord, it was in a presence like this, Lord, when Brother Harold would preach, his two daughters would stand by the piano and they would just sing. And in this presence, Lord, habits would leave lives. Demons would just leave, Father, in the presence of Almighty God something supernatural was happening, Father. Lord, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, you're the same God that met me back there as a 15-year-old boy. Lord, you're the same God in this room tonight, Lord, and I pray, Father, that you would touch those hearts. Lord, I see the young men looking, and Father, you're dealing with hearts of young men, young women, Lord, their eyes so vibrant, and I pray the Holy Spirit would come to them in a real way, Father. You deal with their hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord, they would surrender their heart completely to you. Father, if there's any sin, may it be forgiven them tonight. Lord Jesus, I pray. With our heads bowed as the Holy Spirit is speaking and the sisters playing the song, God still moves. God still speaks in the heart of his children. I wonder if there would be someone and you'd raise your hand and say, God is speaking to me, Brother Daniel. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. My, look at the hands. God is speaking to me, Brother Daniel. He's calling my name. He's calling my identification. He has my number. He knows where I am. Oh, he's supernatural. He lets something happen in your life, a little something to move, and you'll say, you know, Lord, that was you, Father. Lord, you're hiding yourself in simplicity, and then you're revealing yourself in simplicity as well. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray that Hands that were raised. Maybe there's somebody that's got sin in your life. You'd be honest. You'd just raise your hand and say, I want the Lord Jesus to forgive me of my sin. You wouldn't be ashamed. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Say, Brother Daniel, I, I, I've, I've, done, I've done some things that I'm, I'm just ashamed, and I want the Lord Jesus to forgive me. The Bible says, He that confesseth his sins and forsaketh them he'll prosper, he'll find mercy, but he that hideth his sins, he'll never prosper. Hallelujah, that's God's spirit that you're feeling here in this room today. If you'll surrender to it, evil spirits will go away and habits of life, things will leave you, and the Holy Spirit that wants to live inside you will come and dwell inside of you and fill your life. Heavenly Father, Lord, as your presence is here, Lord, as you're dealing with hearts, as our hands have hung down in this service, But Lord, in the simplicity of the gospel, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ, the spirit of God that is a reality that can come to the believer and lead them and guide them into all truth. Our hands have hung down, but through the preaching of the word and the call, Lord, there's been a response that defied gravity and something inside of us caused us to raise our hands to you. And I pray, God, the Holy Spirit will come to each individual, begin to move in them, Lord. God, the power that works in them right now will begin to manifest itself in their life, Father. Change us, Lord Jesus. Deliver us from the powers of darkness that are, Lord, each one of us, as I've poured out my heart and showed personal things that I've been going through, each one of us are going through things. Young sisters are going through things. Young brothers, these young men, Father, and fathers and mothers and the ministers and the deacons and the trustees and the, Lord, the musicians here, each one of us are going through things in our life but you're still God, Lord. You still move, Lord, in the quietness of this time to come to us and minister to us. We can speak to you in our spirit, God. And you begin to speak back to us and change us, Lord, and transform us. As your word says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, Father. I pray, God, that in the name of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit would have his perfect way in every heart. May you grant it now, Lord. We pray, Father, for your glory and honor. Amen and amen. Let's just stand and sing this song together. Oh, God still moves. God still moves in
0: the heart.
1: just close your eyes and lift your hands to him God God still moves yes Lord Jesus God still
0: moves in the heart of his people God still moves he does not sleep yes Lord nor does he slumber.
1: Speaking right now to hearts, we sing that little song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Just keep your eyes closed, just stay in the spirit of prayer and worship. Oh, turn your eyes. Why don't you turn your eyes upon Jesus tonight? Just look away from the world, look away from the fashion of the world, enticing spirits. Oh, yes, that's Him. Just surrender to Him. Hallelujah. And the
0: things of this earth will grow strange dim in the light of
1: His glory and, and grace. Oh, sing it again to the Lord. I want to turn our heads bowed I just feel led of the Holy Spirit to do this I wonder if there's a a young brother that said I want to turn my eyes totally upon Jesus and I want to come and stand with you and rededicate my life to the Lord brother Daniel and I want to come and stand in the front is there a young brother that said I will come and stand with you brother Daniel and rededicate my life to the Lord God is looking for strong men amen would there be a brother God bless you my brother Amen. Would there be another? Amen. And Say, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. What about you, some of you older brothers? I wonder, would there be an older brother? Say, I want to come down and rededicate my life to the Lord. I want to turn my eyes completely away. I know this is odd. This is Friday night. This is turning away from the routine. I want to rededicate my heart to the Lord. God bless you, my brother. I want to rededicate my, God bless these elders that are coming, these young men. Yes, God is doing something here. God is speaking in a supernatural way. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. In a day of sin and evil, when the devil is pulling people away, there's men that, hey amen, if you just come up, brothers, just make a double row here. Just come across. Hey amen, just come up. Let's just rededicate our hearts to the Lord. Whether there be another elder, say, I want to come down. Hey, man, I want to rededicate my heart to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. I tell you, in this presence is where you give your heart to Christ. This is where God changes you. When Moses left that presence, he knew who he was. He knew who God was. Amen. he had an identity changed in the presence of Almighty God. It was the presence of God that made the difference. We need the presence of the Lord Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing it again. If there'd be another brother who would like to come down and join these young men, older men, and say, I want to rededicate my life to God. Let's sing it again. Oh, turn your
0: eyes
1: upon
0: Jesus. Look for.
1: Heavenly Father, in this presence, Lord, it's in this presence that you changed my life, Lord. Lord, it's in this presence where the supernatural happens, Lord. It's in this presence where you heal the sick, Lord. It's in this presence where demons are cast out, Father. It's in this presence where men are changed into sons of God. Lord, it's in this presence where daughters are changed into daughters of God, Lord, and they're transformed. Lord Jesus, I pray in this presence, God, that you would transform those, Lord, by the renewing of their minds. I pray you would come to us by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. It's more than an emotion. It's the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, to meet him and to talk to him. Lord, will we share our fears? We share our Complexes, we share our failures and in spite of those things lord we are your children father i pray lord especially for these young men that have come to rededicate their hearts to you lord i know some of them have been through trials and briar patches of life lord but they've made a public testimony by coming here tonight and standing in front of these people they want to rededicate their lives to you lord i pray you would bless these young men father Lord, I pray you would forgive them of their sin. Lord, I have your word tonight. Lord, you said if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Lord, your word says, if you draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto you. Lord, your word says, resist the devil and he will flee from you, Father. Lord, your word says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow, Father. Lord, we quote your word because it's true. It's forever settled in heaven, Lord. Lord, you said, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I pray in this presence, Lord, as we cast our cares upon you, Lord, that you would take the cares of life, Father. We lay them upon you and would take your righteousness tonight, Lord, and your forgiveness and your holiness. May you take us tonight, Lord, I pray in the presence of God as we turn our eyes from the things of the world. Lord, we're not shouting. We're not running. Lord, we're surrendering our lives to you. And I pray, God, you would interject, the life of Jesus Christ into every believer, Father. Lord, that you would reveal yourself to them, Lord. Bring life where there was death, Lord. Bring resurrection, Lord, where there was a, a burial, Father. Bring joy, Father, where there was sorrow, Lord. I pray, God, restore the joy of our salvation tonight, Lord. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, you do a mighty work among us, Father. Lord, that cannot be mentioned by name, but Lord, it's something on the inside that you're doing, Lord. Lord, I pray you'd bless the sisters here as they look and see these young men, older men, rededicating their lives to you. I pray, God, that you would help us. Lord, as Moses left the presence of God with his staff in his hand, I pray the Holy Spirit would touch our lives. We would leave renewed, refreshed, Lord. As your prophet of God said, that stick represented the name of Jesus Christ to the believer, Father. We leave in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, and in the name of Jesus, we have the victory tonight, Lord. Lord, there's no other name by which we can be saved but by the name of Jesus Christ. We love you tonight, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. May you touch our hearts and continue to do a work, Lord, in each one of our hearts as we would go home and drive, Lord. I think of these young people, the burden of my heart for their lives and where they are, Lord. I can only preach by experience, Lord. You helped me and you caught me, Lord, and you saved me, Lord. You'll do the same for them. Lord, you'll catch them in a time where they're alone and reveal yourself to them. May you be real to every one of us, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and ask it. Amen. And amen. Do you know that little song, In the name of Jesus, we have the victory? I'm not sure what key that's in. Do you know? Amen. Turn and greet and shake somebody's hand and say, In the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Let's sing it together. It's in in the the name of Jesus.
0: In the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Yes, Lord. Yes in the name, in the name of, of Jesus all demons will have to flee oh the demons, demons will have
1: that the devil hates one is the blood of Jesus Christ and the other is the name of Jesus Christ how many demon powers I've seen try to move in different places and you have just time for one more story amen the demon demon powers are real but you should never be afraid of them because the Holy Spirit is so much greater Jesus said greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world It's a power of God. That's what he said. You go tarry in the city of Jerusalem, and you'll be endued with a power from on high. That's what our churches need, the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what our ministers need, a refilling of the Holy Ghost. That's what happened in Acts, the fourth chapter after Acts 2. They were all filled again with the Holy Ghost. So one time we were having a prayer line, and this man came across and he, he, he was coming across, and I was standing here, and he came right across. Brother Brad and I was praying, and, he, and when he got to me, he, uh, there he was praying. He fell on the floor, and he was beating on the floor like this, beating on the floor like this. And, and we just prayed and just believed the Lord. Never be afraid of the devil as long as your life's right. You got sin in your life. Remember the sons of Sceva. they come and they tore them apart. That's when you say, Lord, just cleanse me, Lord, let there be no, be no sin in my life. You believe in a church like that? You believe where the Holy Spirit would come and then just discern and say, This, this man, you've lied, you've not lied to men, you've lied to the, the Holy Spirit. And, that we need the, and the Bible says it brought the fear of God back into church. We need the fear of God back in the church of God. When they come through the door, say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I don't want to go in the presence of the Lord and have the Holy Spirit call it out. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, in your blood, Lord, let the cleansing power of God cleanse me. So the brother, he came in the, 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 the prayer line, and then it ended, and it went on. And I don't know, a few days later, the brother calls me. It's in the middle of the night. He calls me. And so I go down to my office, and, and I'm just talking to him. And he said, Brother Dan, you know, and it, this brother had a, a problem. You don't think demon powers are real. They're real. October the 31st, every year, it was a Halloween, he would go out and he would get involved in all the, the um, whatever, the, the terrible Halloween and, and haunted houses and all that, and he would just drop off the grid for like 30 days. Those spirits would possess him. He would end up in an insane institution. And so it was, it was just the terrible demon powers. You know, we're looking at that, but you know, we look at that and say, oh, that's a demon possession. Well, what about the Holy Spirit just possesses somebody? They get up and they play the piano, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Can't we say that's possessed? Can't we say that man's possessed by the Holy Spirit? God has possessed that man. So this man, he calls me, he said, hey, he said, I and, I, and after a while, there's so many things, you know, times we've dealt with them. I hope I'm not holding you too long, but there Jesus gave a little key when he asked the legion, he, what is your name? And He said, our name is Legion. And so the man was beginning to talk to me. He said, and I began to talk to him. I said, what is your name? He said, I'm the panther. He said, when I came through that prayer line, I got down and I was beating on the floor. He said, I'm a panther. And I realized it was a a demon power that was actually, it wasn't him speaking. This person had become so possessed with an evil spirit because he yielded. The Bible says, whosoever you yield your members to, you become a servant to obey. So, the, you know, your mom and dad, they fought against cigarettes. But now it's the vaping and, and pornography and that music. And now you become a servant. You become a slave to that thing. And now this man was a slave to the spirit. And so we had prayer with him. I had prayer with him on the phone. I went up, went, went, went back upstairs and, and, and was in our bedroom there. In five minutes, my two boys that were up in our up in upstairs um, got out of bed. It was in the middle of the night. Got out of bed and came down and started vomiting in the, in the, in the bathroom. And they were just vomiting. You don't think spirits are real? Oh, but greater is he that is in you. Just got our family together and started praying. Amen. Applying the token of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's something greater. The devil hates the name of Jesus because he said, in my name, you'll cast out devils, evil spirits that bind you of depression and oppression of the devil. In Jesus' name, you can be free of those things. And there's power in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Let's sing it again as I just turn it back to our brother. You're free in the Holy Ghost tonight. It's been good to be in God's house. I think we're just getting warmed up for Sunday. Amen. Amen. Sunday is Jesus' day. It's a holy day. It's a day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's come together and put our licks of fire together. Amen. Let's just have a good time in the Lord. Let's enjoy our salvation. Amen. Let's sing it again. Oh, there is
0: power, power, wonder working out in the blood.
3: blood it never loses its power amen i would ask you how many enjoyed tonight but i'll rather ask you how many are looking forward to sunday morning amen amen i i just wanted to share another story you got time for one more (laughs) i want you to know it's not just in the states that this happens i shared half the story with you before as i was ministering but i got a chance to work in the home a chance a, of, of a three men that are homosexuals all live in the same home and i was there working in the home and talk about heavy spirit and i began to talk to him about the lord and i begin to talk to him and i said you can be set free from that i know that god still saves and he still delivers from that i don't believe it he says of course not because it's not for you to believe but i know it's true and I said, you don't, you don't play with the spirit like that, but I want to share the rest of the story with you now because it's, it's very real. Spirits are very real. That night, I had quite a sleep. <laughs> I fought with that demon, came right down there, and I woke up that night drenched from head to toe like i just fought a boxing match in my sleep, and I, I remember I went to the bathroom. I just felt filthy, and I thought, Lord, what is going on? And just this simple i said satan get behind me in the name of jesus christ i went back to bed and slept peacefully the rest of the night it's that simple it's not a work up and a get up there's power in the name of jesus to break every chain to free from everything we sang it in the brother mark you sang that special my chains are gone Why, there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't we just sing that together and we'll just be dismissed with that. There's power in the name of Jesus.
0: There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power.